morning, good evening, depending on what time you're listening to this. Welcome to the CMA Podcast Daily Reading of the Bible. I am the chaplain for the Bloomington, Illinois chapter of Christian Motorcycle Association. And this is a little bit of commentary on Genesis 1. And we are looking at Genesis 1 as the beginning of the Bible uh, because of the way that it has been organized and where we get that organization is actually from the Westminster Confession of Faith. Um, Westminster Confession of Faith was kind of a an outpour of you know the Protestant movement, and what we have here are just the books of the Bible, um, just written. And it says here uh, in the Westminster uh, Confession of Faith, number two, it says under the name of the Holy Scriptures of the Word of God written are now contained all the books of the Old Testament and the New Testament, which are these as follows. And Genesis is the first on that list. And that's where we get our modern day list of Bibles. That's why we don't start with like Job versus Genesis, because Job is technically, from what I understand, uh, an older version, uh, an older book than Genesis, but Genesis is a, uh, all these books have been organized in a way from the Westminster Confession um, to, <clears throat> to obviously, you know, help us. And so, for example, like, and then it goes on, uh, the books commonly called the Apocrypha, not being divine inspiration, are no part of the canon of the scripture. And therefore, are of no authority in the church of God, nor to be any otherwise approved or made use of other than human writings. The authority of the scripture, which they ought to be believed and obeyed, depends on the testimony of any man or church, but wholly upon God, who is truth in and of itself, and the author thereof. Therefore, it is to be received because it is the word of God. We may be moved and induced by the testimony of the church to an high and reverent esteem of the Holy Scripture and the heavenliness of the matter and the efficacy of the doctrines, the majesty of the style and the con and the consent of all the parts, the scope of whole of which give all glory to God and the full discovery and makes only the way part of man's salvation. And it kind of goes on. Essentially what it's saying is that after a lot, a lot, a lot of deliberation um, when uh, Martin Luther and John Calvin and John Knox, they all had this huge um, reformation that we are all part of, this Protestant reformation. Um, they sat down and they they sat down and they looked at every single book of the Bible and they said, they didn't say whether or not, okay, is this book um, true? Is this book untrue? It has nothing to do with that. Um, in fact, the Apocrypha specifically are just books written about a time. It is a true statement of the Apocrypha. But what the Apocrypha are not are or are written written by God. So that's why we don't have the Apocrypha in the Bible of our Protestant Bibles. If you open up uh, the, the Catholic Bible or a Catholic version of a Bible, then you will find the Apocrypha in there. Um, but because it's not written by God, right? That's the uh, thing is that the book of the the Bible in and of itself is a written statement inspired by God. They have to have divine inspiration in order to be part of the canon of the Scripture, right? And so that's that's part of the reason why we even how we even got here. Now, obviously, we start here um, with the phrase "in the beginning," okay, and. 
this phrase in the beginning, in my opinion, is one of the most famous um, phrases in even modern literature. I mean, if you say the words in the beginning, people just know God created the heavens and the earth. People just have this general head knowledge of this concept. But what a lot of people don't understand is that this head knowledge of in the beginning, that phrase used to be wrong in scientific terms. <laughs> people used to look at that verse and they used to say, your Bible is already wrong from the very beginning because it says in the beginning. Now, a lot of people, especially before 1920, used to believe that the universe was eternal. They used to think that it was infinite. This was called the steady state theory, which was disproven by Edwin Hubble in the 1920s. But this phrase in the beginning um, allows for us to at least in part be in synchrony with science to a certain degree where scientists now they believe in the big bang theory and they believe in millions of years and et cetera, et cetera. Why do we need God when we have <laughs> billions of years to create the exact same thing that God created in six days? But the beautiful piece about this is that science says one thing and Christians have said the same thing for since the beginning. I mean, God has been saying this since the beginning. And now science has changed its mind and Christians have never changed because we were right all along. And science had to change because what uh, Edwin Hubble had found was that the stars were expanding slowly. Like it was almost like it was coming from a central piece or a central point. And this changed the whole dynamic of the universe because what we believed was eternal meant that the stars would have to stay in the same spot. But what he did was he actually traced them back to a singular point, what we call it. The scientists call it a singularity. Um, but in my opinion, um, the idea of a singularity is something that's a difficult thing to justify without a creator because how do you get something out of nothing is what scientists have to describe. Um, there's been a lot of uh, beautiful debate on that and I used to be a evolutionist. Um, I used to straight up uh, believe in it and I you know I was even a Christian to a certain degree leaning more evolution I uh, struggled with it a lot and struggled with a lot of agnosticism in my late uh, teens. And by the time I got out of high school, I started to really push into uh, apologetics and I realized the truth of the matter. And uh, I, I just I just love apologetics a lot. All right, so moving on, I mean, we have the creation of the world. Um, God created the earth in six days and on the seventh day he rested. Um, that's the reason why we didn't start on January 1st. Um, the reason why we didn't start on January 1st is because January 1st was a Sabbath. And the Sabbath, for at least Protestant Christians and most Christians around the world, we celebrate Sabbath on Sunday. I don't know of any reason why we do other than the fact that we just do. It's just how I was raised, and that's just kind of how our culture is kind of bent towards. We have a 40-week a uh, forty-hour-a-week work week, and then Saturday and Sunday off, which is actually not even biblical. The biblical standard is that we work six days a week, 
and uh, we're off um, Sunday for Sabbath, and we rest that whole day, and then we go right back to work. Um, and even uh, Adam, if you look, Adam, he worked. Um, he worked on in the earth, on the earth uh, during his time. I mean, um, in Genesis two, we see the Lord took the man and put him in the garden to work it and keep it. And so, working is not uh, anti-biblical. In fact, not working is anti-biblical. Uh, if you really want to get down to it, um, not working and being lazy, and not providing for your family and not providing for society as well, our common man, just because it's hard doesn't mean you have to stop. And obviously there's um, graces for those who have been hurt and things like that, but it doesn't stop you from working. Um, there's a lot of jobs that a lot of people do um, that are, you know, especially behind a computer these days. We're not asking you to go roofing if you're uh, disabled or anything like that. But anyway, moving on. So if you move on, I mean, you see there's, there's a lot to be discovered here. Um, you know, obviously the way that God uh, made the earth and started all of those things. But if you move forward a little bit, you understand that let, let us make man, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, right? So God gave dominion to man, man as in boy, man as in the man. Um, if you go on and read later in the, in the Bible, it talks about the dynamic between men and women and how um, a man is the woman's head, right? I am the head of my wife in my, my household, um, the children, my 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 wife, she is the head of the children essentially. Um, but ultimately, I am the head of my household. I am the man. I say no. I say yes, and it is it is so. It doesn't change. And God is the head of well, Jesus is the head of man, right? And so, what we see here, and we, you hear a lot of anecdotes about how, like, oh, well, you know, God was finally in his crescendo of the final beauty of, you know, Eve is the glory of nature and creation. And that is absolutely true. I completely agree with that. God um, gave her the beautiful name of Azer Conundum, which means God, uh, uh, man's helper. Um, and so anyway, so these helping of man, man is the peak of God is the, I'm sorry, man is the creation to look like God, and Eve is the peak of creation, right? And so there is this headship that exists where God creates man to look like him, and then Eve is the peak of the creation. So they complement each other in the same way. And when God made man, boy, male, you know, when God made them, um, he said, you know, to be fruitful and multiply, subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea. Um, God blessed them and he created male and female, right? And I like to look at this as a, uh, like a newspaper title. Like, you know, you see an article, you see, uh, God made man in his own image of the image he created him and male, female, he created them, right? 
It's like we don't talk about that in depth until we get to Genesis 2 where God kind of expands on how he created man and women and how differently they are. Um, but I would say that the most important thing out of this is the submission and the humility of man to not allow pride to um, lord or to abuse your wife, but to submit to the Lord and women, uh, wives, submit to your husbands and listen to his commands. Just because he's not following the Lord doesn't mean that you don't have to. And just because your wife isn't following the Lord doesn't mean that you don't get to either husband. So um, that's part of the beauty of all of that is just the submission because all of creation submits to God. And I heard this from somewhere that um, even all creation, humans were the only ones that had the audacity to say no to God. That's from David Platt. And I really think on that quite often. But anyway, that's just a quick little summary of Genesis 1. Um, ultimately, God blessed them and they said to be fruitful and multiply. One of the first laws ever given by God is to both have dominion over the earth, which means that the earth is under our control and what we do with it matters. And secondly, to be fruitful and multiply, have as many babies as possible and to just, you know, let fill the earth. And that's what it says next, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, over every little thing and on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed, yada, yada, yada. And that's that's good to God. Right. So <laughs> obviously a very anti-abortion uh, verse, um, be fruitful and multiply. Regardless of where you are, in your obedience, God will um, obviously bless you in that time, just obeying and being fruitful and multiplying. That uh, just having as many kids as you're allowed <laughs> to have biologically, I think is uh, is the best thing possible. That's just my opinion, but uh, I think that I think that being fruitful is a godly thing, and I think uh, I can't wait to start being fruitful on my own end. But anyway, uh, I hope this finds you well, and uh, that is a small little commentary on Genesis one, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow for Genesis two. <laughs>